All right, and I'm ready when you are. Okay. Um, yeah, so I guess let's just start with Monday anticipation. I think like just what I've gathered from like what it what it entails, I think that's like totally up our alley at Purpose Jobs, like finding work that you're excited to go to on Monday. Um, so I'd love to hear more about like what that phrase means um, and and what kind of work you're doing around <clears throat> the idea of Monday anticipation. Yeah, so so Monday anticipation. So I, I guess I'll start this way. Um, I, I run a company called the E1B2 Collective that houses really like multiple projects and multiple brands. Now, Monday anticipation is an interesting one because Monday anticipation is actually more of an energy, a vibe, um, a perspective that then encompasses two brands within itself. So... Monday Anticipation houses Beyond Resume and Beyond Brand. Now, with Monday Anticipation, again, it's really around the vibe, the energy, the perspective that everyone should enjoy and anticipate and get excited for Mondays on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday evening. Um, and so I, I believe that's a, a, a must. I believe it's something that to this day is just not happening at scale for many professionals. And um, I, I believe that's not a good thing. And so I just believe that if, if we can create better systems, better processes, better frameworks, better best practices, better cultures operationally inside of orgs, um, that a lot of good can happen for folks to get excited and anticipate Mondays on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday uh, or a Sunday evening. And then again, with Beyond Resume, there's all also an initiative inside and I can expand on those if you want but um that really supports the professional directly and so you know there's an accountability structure and some and some uh some shifting of the power dynamic between the employer and the employee employee that uh I'm trying to help job seekers and professionals kind of understand that look you can take control of this process as well there are some things that you can do to show up uh, where you can actually control how much you anticipate the organizations, uh, anticipate your Monday Mondays as much as you can by being thoughtful about the organizations you're a part of, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I know that's a high level, but that's really kind of the, the macro gist of, of what that is. That's interesting. Um, so you're kind of working in both space, both like helping employers kind of create that, space where people where, where their employees have that anticipation but then also working with talent professionals job seekers to find a place that like has that vibe is, is that correct yeah so i can expand a bit so the beyond resume is the company that directly focuses on the job seeker itself and so i do a very small piece of it so beyond resume is a is a is a structure that encompasses a, a framework called the core 18. So there's 18 categories that I believe at the end of the day really make up what someone can put together that really creates them, you know, anticipating and getting excited about Monday. Uh, I'll ran off a few of the of the components and the specs of the core 18. You know, we have contextual financial needs. You know, for me, I think more employees need to show up, more job seekers need to show up day one, uh, saying, look, not based off what the market says, based off what the job title says across, you know, industry standards, 
you know, I have a, you know, I have a sick mother or father here in my household. Uh, you know, I have other brothers and sisters here in my world. I have school debt. I have other contextual realities that my financial needs are what they are. And I need a company that creates a world that can support that. Um, career mapping, you know, there's a certain area in life career-wise that I genuinely need to go in the next three years. At this time, exactly right now in this moment, I need a company that has infrastructures internally from a learning and development standpoint, from a mobility and scale perspective for me to be able to come in. And I need to be able to see a path of me being able to grow into that role within a certain period of time. And these are all non-negotiables, right? Um, my employee one-on-one needs, meeting structure needs, um, real life support needs, contextual learning and development needs, because everyone learns and executes differently. And so the piece that I do within Beyond Resume is I partner with job boards or I partner with even folks like you guys, or I'll partner with career coaches. And I say, look, you guys do a lot of great work. Let me just get a 90 minute window of time and let me sit with a job seeker and let me help them put together their core 18. Let me put a battery in their back to walk into an interview very, very, very clear about their non-negotiables. And then the last thing I'll say is that they may not have non-negotiables for each of my 18 categories. They may have non-negotiables for six of the 18 or 17 of the 18 or three of the 18. But I believe everyone should walk in very intentional about these core 18s because these core 18s are very operational around the way that they show up day to day inside the org, not some of the more traditional things that people think about when they are voicing what they want to an org. Um, I'll pause there if you have anything else and I'll expand on Beyond Brand. Yeah, that's um, that's just super interesting. And I think it's something that we're, we're thinking about a lot at Purpose Jobs. Um, like as we're basically marketing these employers to candidates, like what are candidates looking for? Like what what is going to make a candidate happy in that role? And so I think it's really it's really interesting to think about like those 18 categories and also thinking about it as like a non-negotiable. Like, so do you, I guess, I, I'm curious, do people like that you work with have like, are people like resistant to like being firm in that, that sort of like, this is a non-negotiable or do people like try to compromise um, for the right role? Like how, how does that, how that play out? They're scared uh, in part my French a little bit. They're scared as hell. Every person that talks to me from the very first conversation, they are very nervous. I think I do a good job of facilitating and getting them more confident over time. Um, I have an athletic background. I play D1 football. You can even tell like in my delivery here, I'm very confident. I'm very kind of energetic. And so over time, I kind of coach them to become more clear and more confident. Um, So yes, people are very, very nervous to kind of put their foot down and say this is a non-negotiable. But here's what I say to them. I say, look, guys, at the end of the day, these core 18s are, are operational realities of how you're going to show up inside the workplace. The only one that's pretty standard is like the financial part. Besides the other ones, I mean, not too many applicants that I know walk into an org thinking about their learning and development contextual needs and unpacking how they think and how they learn and communicating that to an employer and seeing if that employer can actually either A, adjust to that employee or B, do they already have frameworks and best practices within the manager's 
you know, management style that will that will be a good blend and a good fit. I mean, again, I could go through the whole list here, but I don't think too many employees and applicants are walking in super intentional. And so what I say to them is the following. Look, guys, if you don't do this, you and I both know that if you think about the companies and the jobs that you've had that you voluntarily walked away from because you did not you were not no, you were no longer engaged you were no longer happy you were no longer fulfilled i guarantee if we look at these these 18 areas probably 3 to 7 to 9 of those areas were were causes of some of those lacks of engagement and so i know this is scary i know this is a little bit you know direct but if you guys can just bear with me here and hold on and really put this together I'm actually helping you and I'm helping the brand. I'm helping both of you guys because they're going to get a much more engaged employee. You're going to engage and give yourself the the respect that you deserve, the happiness that you deserve. And it's going to be a win-win overall. Um, so that's kind of what I say. And and but, but yes, people are very nervous to kind of put that non-negotiable foot down. Yeah, I bet. Um, so for beyond... The other side of it is beyond brand. That's kind of working in a similar way, but with employers. Is that correct? Yep. So it's literally the refer- the reverse. So um, I wanted to try. So I created beyond brand first, and then I actually had a, co- a colleague and a mentor tell me, hey, Anthony, you do a lot of great work for organizations. Where are you trying to create moments where you're talking directly to the candidates since you had this E1B2 employees first mindset? And I was like, Oh, you're right. Maybe I should create something that directly talks to those folks. So, but Beyond Brand was created first. So, Beyond Brand is a little complex to explain, but I'll keep it brief. Um, I think organizations are horrible at at unpacking and communicating directly what not only the role is actually going to be operationally day to day, but the realities of the org um, at a at a very contextual and operational level. And so, again, I can kind of give you some examples of what I mean by that. Um, Yeah, that'd be great. You know, I just genuinely believe that, again, just a lot of organizations are just really, really poor at understanding how they can even unpack their own, like, leadership personalities and the state of the the org, right? I think at the startup level, I think even even in, like, big brands, I think there are certain times throughout the year where... They mean they may need a person to just come into the role and just completely dominate. Like they need to just kind of come in and really just get things done in this moment. There's really not a lot of ramp up time. They maybe don't have learning and development moments in place to really get that person up and running. Um, I believe organizations are not doing a great job of explaining how they make decisions. You know what the innovation best practices are, right? Like like if I'm an if I'm an employee coming into the org. You know, how much decision-making power do I have? How much autonomy do I have? If I have a new idea right now, me coming into the org right now in July, is it a, is it a good time? Are you guys in a state? Are you are you raising funds? Are you rolling out a new product? Are you are you kind of maybe really head down right now? Where are you guys right now? So I know as an employee coming in what the innovation process or even what that concept looks like. Um, I, don't, I don't believe companies do a good job of, giving folks an interviewing toolkit, right? Like, let me give you some information on how you can actually crush the interview. Um, I don't think organizations do a go- good job of explaining delegation processes and, and expectations and, 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 and what that really looks like, how they handle conflict. 
And so there are all these, like, again, these little operational nuances that I believe organizations should explain in the, in the beginning. Um, I sit with a CEO, I sit with the head of people, and then I sit with a manager. And I, and I go through these four categories that I have, um, and I listed some of the micro components of those categories already. And I help facilitate a conversation where I pull out the information, the answers of some of these things. And we get that in a podcast format. And I chop it up and I chop up and edit the content. And then it creates like a one to three minute answer. And that gets connected to the ATS. And so when an applicant actually applies to the company, they will get sent a beyond, re- a beyond brand audio file, a podcast where they can listen to answers. So they'll listen to how this organization right now handles conflict resolution, how this company right now handles COVID-19 policies, how this company right now handles, you know, how they should be coming in with like meeting preparation, um, all these different little nuances and operational realities. And so the last thing I'll say, because I'm ranting now, the, the applicant will walk in knowing exactly operationally what the company looks like when it comes to general operations, when it comes to leadership personalities, when it comes to cultural norms, when it comes to organizational design and governance and employee growth and all these different things. And they can opt in or opt out. And if they opt in, the interview will be that much better and that much more fulfilling for both parties. Um, I'll stop there because I said a lot already. No, that's awesome. I'm just taking some, some quick notes. Um, yeah, I think that's that's really cool. Um, I've never heard of like podcasting being used in that way, so I think that's super that's super creative and really interesting. Um, and then I guess I'm I'm assuming like I don't want to put words in your mouth, no, but please. like it's like you said, if you opt in, it's it's going to be a better experience. I, I imagine like sometimes employers might feel reluctant to like like you don't want to trick people into like applying or like joining your team. Like you don't want to mislead people, but also like you want to like be inviting or welcoming. Like, you know, you want to get as many applicants as you can, but like also like, like it's okay to be like super specific about things. Like, do you like, what, how do you think about like that sort of like volume versus like quality, I guess, or like fit? Yeah, I, I think about it in this way, and I could be right, I could be wrong. I, there's a lot of different opinions out here in the world. I um, I actually, so why I created this is I want companies, and any client that works with me on this, they know this up front, right? So they know what they're getting into. Yeah. Um, when I facilitate these conversations, I'm nothing more than a facilitator of truth. So mm-hmm. what I want every company to realize is that I want you to expand and articulate your truth and your reality, and that's all. Right, wrong, or indifferent, I want you to expand on your truth. And I believe you. I, I believe the more people that turn away from the opportunity after hearing your truth, the better, actually. So if, if you think you wanted to see 50 people walk through your door, because it, you know this being the work that you guys are in, the, the, yeah. the, the, the hiring cost, I mean, the recruiting, I mean, the fee, I mean, People don't under actually understand the data behind how expensive it is to hire someone. And yeah. I don't want you spending a significant amount of time, money, or resources 
going through interviews where in a former world of your employer branding and your communication to an applicant, like you said, you created a very rosy, welcoming feel where you didn't expand on these operational realities. And then you hire someone that you think is amazing. And then they get in and they look at and they see how you guys set up your meeting structures or how coaching and feedback is conducted or how you guys handle situational leadership or even how you guys go about career mapping or crisis management or employee, you know, all these different operational realities. And then they leave 90 days later. And it's like, you could have explained a lot of these things before they even got there and saved yourself some time and saved the applicant some time and landed on someone better. And so that's just how I think about it. Um, the couple comp- the companies that I'm working with now, um, they were a little bit reluctant to be super transparent, but um, what they realize is that since I'm putting it through the ATS, it's actually not seen to the world. So it's only mm-hmm. it's only visible and only heard by those that actually apply. And so when they knew that reality, they're like, okay. So like maybe only a hundred folks that are trying to apply for this role will hear this, where a normal employer branding initiative that's going out public to thousands. Um, and they felt a little bit better being super transparent. Yeah, that makes sense. That's interesting. Um, do you do you have anything more to say about like beyond brand, beyond resume, Monday anticipation, or do you want to kind of like shift a little bit into chatting about DEI things? Yeah, we can chat. I, uh, we can maybe shift a bit. I think the last thing that I'll say is... Um, you know, both initiatives are, you know, nothing I'm saying is rocket science or nothing I'm saying is so crazy and out there. But what I think if, 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 if folks obviously read this or whatever the case is, like, I think, mm-hmm. I think what I'm actually trying to do is I'm, I'm trying to just peel back truth. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it's been a really interesting ride here. Um, trying to peel back truth because I think at a human level, employees, applicants, as well as leaders of companies, just humans overall, we are very, and I don't want to get too Tony Robbins here, but we're very afraid at times to, to get into a truth state. You know, think about the way that we engage with our parents or our, our, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, our partners, our family, our friends. I mean, truth moments can be very uncomfortable at times. And, and that's really all I'm trying to manifest and create because I know if we can all get to a center of truth, then that's when true engagement and true trust and true um, and true productivity can come alive. Um, and I think that's shown in so many other parts of life outside of the workplace. And so I want to try to bring that into the workplace. Yeah, and I think that's that's especially true on maybe like even the candidate side, like being really like to thine own self be true. Like, you know, that's, that's like, is that Socrates? I don't know. Um, no, I know like, just knowing who, like who you are and what you want and what makes you happy and then like sticking to it. And like, I, I just think that's, that's really, that's really important. And like you said, it, it isn't necessarily rocket science, but like people, people don't do that. So I think that's great. It's like a really, really important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just making one more one more note here, um, and then we can dive into some DEI things. And I think there's like a way to kind of overlap, like talking about um, like it, things like with inclusion, like retention, like being 
happy at, at a place and creating a, a place where people will be happy. I think like maybe there's a way we can bridge it, but honestly, like, I think there's probably enough like here to do one, one complete piece about Monday anticipation. Um, but yeah, we can, we can chat about, about DEI stuff too. Cause, um, basically like all of our employers that we've been working with have said like, DEI is so important to them this year. And so like, we want to be able to provide really helpful resources and content for them. Um, cause it's a lot to like, I think a lot of our employers feel like they don't even know where to start or there's a lot to unpack. Um, so I'd love to like know about the work that you do. Um, what's kind of your, your area of focus or I guess, yeah, let's start there. Like DEI, what's your focus or are you focused on a lot of different things? <laughs> I'm focused on um I'm focused on a lot of different things um when it comes to DEI a bit. I think for me, um I think for me, my my journey around DEI has been super interesting, to be frank. Um, it's been something that I am not I've never looked at myself as an expert in because of my I don't know, just on a personal note, like my background and journey has been really interesting. I'm, I'm clearly African-American and things of that nature. And um, but I grew up not really seeing color and all these different things. And and so when I got into this space of, of people operations and things of that nature, what I always thought about when it came to D&I, when I when I was first taught these things, D&I was more of a um, diversity of thought, diversity of a diversity of workflow diversity of of like 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 operational entrepreneurial things like for instance like i'll give you an example when i was first introduced to dei it was through it was through the hip-hop scene so i'm not sure if you're familiar with like damon dash and obviously you probably know jay-z um they they ran a company called rockefeller and oh yeah and they would scream at the top of their lungs there's interviews out here about this where they would wonder why Sony and Columbia Records were having, um, and this is just a fact, were having Latino or white executives marketing and coming up with branding executions around an African-American-centric music. And they were like, yeah. you don't understand, like, like the, cultural, the cultural dynamics are not clear. And so... And and they, and they kept saying, like, we're not even having a racist conversation here. We're having a product conversation. If you're going to have a product that is marketed to predominantly African-American folks, then why aren't you having more people of color at the executive levels making those executive decisions around the marketing initiatives? They live the life of the consumer that you're trying to sell to. And so when I came into the DNI space, it was very much from like a... Uh, an operational marketing, branding, inclusive workflow, diversity of thought perspective, not so much the color and gender components. And so um, that's maybe some things that I think would be interesting. Like I, when I think of diversity, equity, inclusion, you're right. You know, beyond brand and beyond resume really fall in line with that. Like a lot of that work is around unpacking and realizing and 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 creating a reality where you actually understand at an inclusive level who you're bringing into your org and respecting that and navigating that and working with that um and and finding ways to 
contextually react and be flexible to their reality. So that's all about inclusion there. Because um, mm-hmm. look at a lot of the things that I even said about beyond resume, right? Like I want an applicant to unpack how they think about things, how they problem solve. What are some dynamic work workflow execution styles that they may have? Tell that to the employer. See if they have the ability to have managers in place that can respect that, that can navigate to that, can appreciate that. What does that look like? Um, you want an employer to have that skill set to be able to react and be nimble and be flexible to your different ways of executing and your different ways of thinking. Um, and so I'll pause there, but that's when I think about DEI, I think about more of it from that lens. I think the color and the gender conversations have been spiking, obviously, due to the events in life. Mm-hmm. But I think as we start to, I don't want to say get past those things because I don't want to be insensitive. Because gender pay gaps and color conversations are incredibly important, will always be a topic of focus. But I think once we settle into those realities, I think what needs to start becoming more of a topic is getting even deeper into what are we talking about when it comes to diversity and inclusion around decision-making structures, workflow, psychological safety, learning and development, human behavior, um, all of these things that are really, really, really impacting someone's engagement inside the company, someone's happiness inside the company. Um, so I'll pause there, but that that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah, that's interesting. I think um, at Purpose Jobs, we've been talking about diversity of thought for um, like a couple of years. Um, I think Ryan might have even chatted. Did you guys chat about this when you did the yeah, podcast with him? Yeah, we did, yeah. Um, yeah, so... It's something that we, we've talked to employers about before. Um, and I was listening to um, a, a DEI panel. Um, it focused, focused primarily on um, uh, gender diversity for, it was like a women's month um, event. And um, the woman who led it was talking about how like diversity, I think the quote she said was, diversity isn't always seen because there's like diversity of thought there's you know um even like geo like geographic diversity there's like disabilities like there's all these different things that can make a workforce diverse but right now the the cultural conversation has been really really tied to um, racial and gender diversity yep um, which is which is super super important but yeah i think it's interesting that there's there's a lot of other ways that workforces can be can be diverse, um, and I guess. Sorry, I'm pulling up my questions because I actually, I deviated away from them on my screen. Um, no, it's okay. So, I guess with like, like hiring, like how do you how do you encourage employers to? Or like, what advice do you have for them if they're trying to to hire through this DEI lens? Like, is it really important in the interview process? Is it a sourcing thing? Is it is, is it everything? Like, how how like what advice do you have for employers who are trying to to build a more diverse workforce? So I think it goes back again to a couple things. I think it goes back again to. Are we talking about color and gender? Or are we talking about a couple other things? And I think, you know, one thing that I want to kind of be on the record of saying, I think mm-hmm. I think it depends on 
I think it depends on where you are as an org. So I'll, I'll, this is going to be a little bit controversial, and, and I'll, now I'll just say it, being an African-American man. <laughs> um, I think a lot of companies have been feeling forced to expand their uh, African-American, uh, Latino, or even just any, any other race or gender um, quota internally. Um, I feel like they feel a little bit forced due to the political nature. And I don't think that's a necessarily bad thing or wrong thing. I think it's 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 rightfully so that they need more women in place. I need I think they need more African Americans and Latinos and all different types of races in place. But I, I'll say this: we also need to be thoughtful about the state of the org. And so, what I mean by that is, let's talk about the diversity of thought conversation for a moment. And the psychologically psychological safety conversation for a moment, and like even like the diversity of a workflow for a moment, there are certain startups right now that are really really head down that really are looking to go through a process where they need to bring someone in that maybe thinks exactly like a certain team that they're going to be inserted into because they don't have time for the um, for the alignment complexities. Like, that's just a reality operationally that I know being a former founder, right? And I think I told you this, like, I started mm-hmm. two companies. I'm on my third now. Like, yeah. uh, like that's a reality that no one wants to say. Like, it's a little bit of a controversial statement, but it's just a reality. Like, sometimes when you're running a company, you don't have time bringing someone in that has a completely different way of thinking, completely different way of working. Because what it actually does in real world is it actually sets you back a little bit for you to take three steps forward long-term. But right now, you may be in a moment where you need someone to get plugged. You need a plug-and-play guy. You need a plug-and-play gal. And I don't think that's bad. So that's one part. And it just depends on where you're at. On the color conversation, here's what I'll say that's a little controversial. I understand and I have empathy for a white man or a white woman that has said out of their mouth to someone that, look, I am not racist I am not anything negative around these conversations. I just happen to put out, you know, the search for this role in all of the marketplaces that I know of. And whoever comes through the pipeline, I genuinely embrace. And if it happens to be an African-American or if it happens to be a woman or it happens to be a Latino or if it happens to be any other race, I will appreciate them just as I would appreciate anyone else. And I, I think that's just a reality that a lot of people are ignoring a little bit. And I, again, I don't think that's right, though. What I think needs to happen, and this is something I said on an interview the, earlier this week, what I think needs to happen is the following. We need to be a little bit more brave. We need to be a little bit more curious, a little bit more out of the box, meaning the head of people, the founder, the CEO, whoever runs this department, we need to be more proactive of finding the, the talent pools that are diverse, the, 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 the job boards, the, the, the atmospheres that are diverse. We need to do a better job of finding the places where there, there is diverse talent. We need to make the partnerships where there is a significant amount of diverse talent. And maybe even we need to take it a step further and say, look, you know what? We are going to directly hire a woman of color in this role just because we think it's the right thing to do because doing the right thing, guess what? It's the right thing sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think that's a more intentional way of looking at it. But I, what I don't want to happen is I don't want people to get scrutinized anymore or looked down upon or fingers pointed. And I'm talking about the white folks here 
to say, hey, I'm a white man or I'm a white woman. I hired the best person. I don't think about color and I genuinely don't. And I don't think we need to start throwing rocks at those people anymore. But on the flip side, what I do think needs to happen is I, I do think those people should become superheroes a little bit and should be super intentional. And it's not a charity. And that's another thing. It's not a charity. It's not saying, hey, we want to help, you know, we want to help, you know, the, the, the less fortunate. It's not even like that. It's just a matter of let's react and be aware to the reality of the world today and let's do our part to make the change. Um, so those are two different sides of the coin. I know that was a little controversial, but. No, I think that's interesting. Um, and for us, like we, we've just gone through, um, we're hiring on our team. And I know I noticed I was like, every candidate I interviewed, I'm pretty sure it was white. And it's like, are we, is that an issue with our, like where we put our job description now? Is that like, you know, like I didn't intentionally only interview white people, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging, but we're also, also a small team. And, and yeah. To, so I think, I'm I think sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say to that point though, and to that point, like I said, and to that point, what, and I'm not saying what you could have done because you did it. And, and again, you had no malice behind it. Like you had no bad intentions, yeah. but moving forward, what could have happened and what you guys could do and what organizations could do is you could, and you know, this, there are Latino, African-American, all different races. There are groups of folks where there are just talented individuals living in those hubs. And you yeah. could you could super intentionally say, you know what? Let me put the post in that hub as well. Let me make a yeah. partnership and make some connections in those hubs as well. And let me put out the, the job description and let me put out the opportunities in those hubs. So that's how you can get more diverse just coming in. Because you probably, what you guys probably did, and this is not a bad thing, again, you probably put it in the traditional hubs that you've always put them in because you've gotten a lot of good results from that. Um, yeah. So, and it's not a bad thing, though. It's just, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's challenging. And I, I, I like that you're kind of like taking a little, not taking pressure off. Like, I think there's still like, we always want to encourage our employers to do this. But I, I do think that that sense of like, um, feeling like, um, not guilty, but like, yeah, that just that idea of like, um, you know, if we don't do that, like it, it's the right thing to do, obviously, but I think a lot of teens feel like they're going to mess up or like they're, they're so like paralyzed with fear almost that like, they don't even know where to start. So I think, I think it's, a, it's like a really like, important topic but then it's also like very heavy for some employers to even like begin the work because they're like ah, i don't even know what to do so um i think they would probably appreciate that perspective from you yeah and connected also to the operational realities internally i am not afraid mm -hmm. of that i'm very very big on that if right now and you know this like i don't know what what roles you guys are hiring for right now but you guys know where you're at right now like Ryan and the team, you guys may be in a situation where you're like, you know what? We need to plug and play. We yeah. genuinely <laughs> do not have time, energy to go through a complete shift of trying to endure and embrace a completely different way of thinking, a completely different background, a completely different workflow, a completely different execution style. Um, 
a completely different level of even skill and capability. Like, no one wants to say that stuff. But me being a CEO and no and hired people before, that is a real thing. Um, I made a mistake re- recently this year with that. Like, I, I brought someone into a company that I was running where I probably should have brought a plug and play. And I brought someone that was uh, just ripping apart the entire house in a good way. In a good way. But but it wasn't the right time for that. We didn't need that right there. Yeah. We needed a plug and play. Um, so I don't know. That's helpful if it is as well. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm noticing it's it's ten twelve. So um, I just want to take the last couple minutes to like make sure like we wrap things up. Like, is there anything else you want to chat about or like want people to know? Um, any like, do you have any questions about like the process that we're doing here? Um, yeah, just want to make sure I give give you a little bit of time too. No, I think that's it. I think the only thing is. Um... You know, uh, hopefully everything I said was somewhat competent and knowledgeable and, 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 and like interesting. Um, I think um, I think the biggest thing is just double down on truth, double down on on accountability, double down on not being too hard on yourselves around these things, and 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 um, and double down on being thoughtful and intentional. And then and then I think also uh, outside of the the piece here. Um, once Ryan kind of gets back in, in, in motion here, again, like I said, I, I would love to continue growing this relationship. I think this was a great start. Um, I would love to see how this comes out. Um, and I uh, would love to see if there's any other collaborations that we could do. Again, like I said, I'm, I'm actively trying to still do great work with a lot of the Beyond Resume work and the Beyond Brand work. And you guys are kind of the ideal type of potential partner that I would love to collaborate with. And you seem wonderful, and Ryan was definitely. Well, you are wonderful now that I've got to know you a little bit, and Ryan was wonderful in our couple interactions. So, um, hopefully, this is a start to future collaborations and, and more content and more and more work together. Absolutely, um, yeah. I'll definitely touch base with him. Um, he's like, I think he said he's going to be like pretty, pretty much out of office until like mid April. No so maybe there's a chance for you guys to connect again um, late. 